but that's a choice. Now it's on me. What do I do with this failure? Yeah. So for those of you that are listening that feel like that setback thing has happened, you can define the setback in that first moment of what we feel is failure. What will I do with it? Give yourself a chance to feel it. You have to feel it. The emotions are going to be there, but then what do I want to do in the next hour? Welcome to a healthy push podcast. I'm Shannon Jackson, former anxiety sufferer turned adventure mom and anxiety recovery coach. I struggled with anxiety, panic disorder, and agoraphobia for 15 years. And now I help people to push past the stuff that I used to struggle with. Each week, I'll be sharing real and honest conversations along with actionable and practical steps that you can take to help you push past your anxious thoughts, the symptoms, panic, and fears. Welcome. You're right where you're meant to be. All right, Drew, welcome. I'm so excited to sit down with you and dive into all things anxiety, recovery, and setbacks. It's one of my favorite topics, and I know it's one of yours too. But before we do, I'd love for you to just give a personal intro to who you are and what you do. Sure. Well, thanks for having me, and it's great to be here with you too. Um, So I'm Drew Linsalata. I'm creator and host of the Anxious Truth Podcast, and I'm the author of several books on anxiety and anxiety recovery. And uh, yeah, I'm a dude with a microphone and a camera that says a lot of stuff. So (laughs) I love it. Well, you will always have so many good things to say. So I know that this conversation will be just as valuable. So let's start off like right at the base level. What the heck is a setback? Because I think so many people have so many ideas of what a setback is, and they often think that they're experiencing a setback when they aren't actually. So let's just start with what is your definition? Like, what do you think is a setback in relation to anxiety recovery? Sure. Um, Well, I mean, it's kind of backwards, but I'll, I'll definitely start by saying what it isn't. And a setback has nothing to do with how you feel. Nothing. Um, and that's such a common error. And I think I'm sure you fell into it. I fell into it. Anybody who's been down this road falls into it, but a setback is, is a change in how you deal with how you feel. It's essentially falling back into those old habits, which anybody can do. Like, it's okay. We all make mistakes that way, but a setback is just what happens when you, for whatever reason, maybe you're under a little bit more of stress and you're a little less resilient or just forget a little bit. We get a little lazy. All human beings do. And we just start to revert to some of those old reactionary habits of engaging in the OMG dialogue and bracing against our symptoms and trying to fix it and solve it and figure out. And that's what a setback is. It's just going back to the way we used to relate to the anxiety and the panic. That's all. Yeah. And I love that you say that because it's so true. It's like, it's really just moments where we catch ourselves and we're like, ooh, I am falling back into a a habit that I know is not healthy or helpful. Um, And instead of looking at those as, you know, setbacks, really just seeing them as opportunities. So I I love too that you jumped into what it's not because it's so much easier, I think, to define for people struggling with anxiety, panic, or even agoraphobia of what a setback isn't. Because like I said, you you convince yourself so often that you're experiencing it when you're not actually experiencing a setback. Yeah. So can you maybe share um, a personal experience like with a setback? Sure. Um, I can remember, see, what's interesting about that is I can't say that I ever had like any protracted time when I would have said, oh my God, I'm having a setback. But I do remember several times, you know, in my sort of recovery journey where things like life happens and there were some relatively stressful things going on and they were kind of pressing on me. And 
as any human being would. I felt that. And it made me a little less resilient than I otherwise would be. And I, and I did fall back into all those re reactionary habits. So there were times when I would find that all of a sudden two or three days would go by and it was like, okay, I can feel myself struggling now to go do my exposures that I wasn't struggling with, you know, a week ago, two weeks ago. Like I thought I was past that point a month ago. Um, mm -hmm. So that happened to me a few times and it took me a little bit to recognize like, okay, well, what's different? You know, what's different right now? Like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm sleeping even less than I usually do, which is saying something for me because I rarely sleep <laughs> anyway. Um, there was just a lot going on. And I realized relatively quickly, like, oh, okay, I see what's going on. I'm bracing. I'm going back to the, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God thing. Like, this is terrible. It happened. Happened to me a few times. I'm not immune to it. I was yeah. just fortunate to be able to not judge it based on how I felt. Like, I was feeling more anticipatory anxiety about my exposures and I was feeling the anxiety again more strongly than I had in a while, but I kind of recognized what it was. Nonetheless, mm -hmm. it still happened to me a few times. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but I, I'm, I love how you're talking about the feeling part because I think so often in the recovery journey, right, you're feeling, but especially when you're working toward healing and you're pushing back against some unhealthy pathways and against the unhealthy habits and you're working to create new ones it's often heightening those feelings and you often convince yourself like this is a setback because I'm feeling worse. Like I'm feeling more panic. I'm feeling more anxious. I'm feeling more symptoms. And like you said, you know, last week I did this thing and I was good. And now this week I'm experiencing full-blown panic. And it's yeah. truly the feelings that then lead you to think this must mean that I'm taking steps back. This must mean that I'm doing something wrong. And I want your take on what that actually means. Like, what does it actually mean when you're feeling more? Well, I mean, feeling the things is kind of the point, which I know everybody hates when I say <laughs> that. So I hear it all the time. Like I'm having, as people will announce, I'm in a setback. I'm having a setback. Okay, well, why do you think you're having a setback? Because I feel so anxious this week. I've, I've had three panic attacks and I haven't had any for two weeks before this. And, you know, you had to remind them and I, and I had to remind myself all the time, like, well, you know, moving through a panic attack is kind of the point. So mm -hmm. I always equate it to like learning how to swim. If you were trying to learn how to swim, you know, you go to the pool and you jump in and you get wet and you swim around. Well, if one day you start thrashing and, and freaking out because you got wet that day, but, but you, you have to get wet. Getting wet is the point of learning how to swim. Like you have to do that. So in a way, the feeling is just, it means you're doing the things. Like it means you're actually doing the things. So it's, it's not so much a negative thing. It means you are actually moving toward that fear that we need to do. So I understand that right now you're feeling it a little bit more intensely than you want to or expect to, but the feelings are kind of the point of recovery. We need them. Yeah. Bad deal, isn't it? But it's a deal. Uh, it's so true. Deal. Yeah, it's so true. But I think when you have that understanding of like, oh, okay, this is not actually a setback. And this is like actually me recognizing that I'm taking healthy action. Like mm -hmm. I'm taking the the steps that I need to in order to heal. And this is just an expectation of part of the journey. Like I'm going to feel a little bit more anxious. I'm going to feel, you know, the, the symptoms are going to creep in a little bit more. I'm going to experience panic attacks and it doesn't 
mean anything. Um, but if anything, it means that you're doing the work, like you're, you're breaking through that stuff that needs to be broken through. And that's so powerful. Yeah. And in those moments though, where sometimes we're tempted to declare setback, it just means that our ability to tolerate feeling those things is just dropped a little bit for whatever reason, temporarily. Like, mm. oh, wait, I, I didn't feel better last week. I was just more willing to tolerate it last week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it was still there. I was just a little bit more tolerant of it. This week, I'm less tolerant, so I feel it more. But that doesn't mean I'm going backwards. And I think people, they'll use that term setback as if, oh, that's it. All but I'm right back to square one because I had a panic attack. But you're not. Like, you're, you're just, that's not true. Yeah. 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 I think that's such an important point to make is that it's not possible. Like it's literally not possible to undo all of the steps that you've taken and all of the knowledge that you've learned and just all the wisdom that you hold inside of you. Like that can't be taken away just because you experience an anxious moment or a panic or even revert back to an unhealthy habit. None of those things can take away um, what you've learned and all of your progress so far. So it it's so hard because when people share, you know, I'm in a setback, I'm experiencing a setback, and now I'm back at step one. I'm like, that, no, that's not possible. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I think that's hugely important to recognize. Um, so what are some things that you think can actually lead to a setback? Sure. Well, I would say one thing that can lead to declaring setback or experiencing what you think is a setback is ex- is incorrect expectations. Mm. which happens all the time. Look, we all want to feel better right now. I don't take that away from anybody. We're all entitled to want to feel better, except the recovery process isn't aimed at feeling better. Like feeling better is the happy side effect of, of learning to have that new relationship. But when we forget that sometimes and we, we aim at like no panic, no panic, no panic, no anxiety. Oh, I had two good days. I get that emotionally. We get charged up by that. We like it. And then when we feel anxious, like, oh, we get crestfallen. And that leads us to declare setback. So what is it? I think expectation, number one, know what your target is and understand that that target involves a bumpy road. Like it's pretty bumpy till you get to the smooth part. And I think also what leads to that, you know, those feelings of setback, again, maybe Maybe you're not sleeping as much. Maybe there's something stressful going on in your life. Maybe you're having relationship issues. Maybe you're having health, like legit real health issues. These are all things that make us less resilient and make us often revert to those familiar habits that we thought were safety and comfort habits. So it makes sense. Like I'm going to go back to the ways that I thought were comforting to me and then Mm -hmm. they become avoidant ways. and, And then those feelings get right back in our face again of, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. So Yeah, there's a lot of different reasons for that. But I think expectation is a big part of it. Yeah, I'm so glad that you said that one because I know personally in my journey, I had so many unrealistic expectations all the time. And a big one that you hit on was just the time. Like I thought, you know, I'm doing all this work. I'm doing so much. I'm pushing myself every single day and I'm doing exposures and I'm, you know, working on all the things that everyone's told me to do. And I never felt like I was quite there. And it is. It's a journey. It's not like you, you know, arrive at some point and you're like, oh, all that stuff just went away and all my hard work paid off. And and two, I would set out to do things and say, okay, I'm not going to experience anxiety. Yeah. I'm going to do this and I'm not going to experience a panic attack. And it was like looking back in hindsight, of course, now I'm like, why the heck would I have said that to myself? <laughs> like, why did I set myself up to fail? It just... Definitely telling yourself that you're not going to experience anxiety 
is not helpful. We all know that because it, it gives that idea that experiencing anxiety somehow means something. It somehow means that it's going to lead to a setback. It somehow means that, you know, it means you're not capable or whatever it is. You're allowed to feel anxious. Of course, you're allowed to feel the emotion and you're allowed to do things. And when you're facing the hard stuff, that stuff's going to happen. So it's just so funny looking back. I'm like, I can't believe I set out to do things and told myself, Shannon, you're going to be okay. You're not going to experience anxiety or panic. (laughs) I think a lot of people do that though. It's so funny because uh, about two weeks ago, I found an old hard drive full of videos that I made back in 2007 and 2008 when I was in the thick of it. And I had a little small group of people that found each other on YouTube and we would exchange exposure videos. And I, I have myself, 2008, 2007, I think, Drew, on video, literally saying it to the camera to my little group of friends, I'm not going to expect to panic. I know that it's my mindset that I'm, I'm afraid to panic. And I wanted to go through the screen at me, like, yeah. dude, what were you thinking? But even in the early stages, I made the same mistake at first. Mm. Like, if I, okay. And then I realized so quickly, like, yeah, that's not getting me. I actually need to panic. I do need the exposure is there. So you feel bad. I hate to say that, but yeah, yeah, I made the same mistake. I'm actually on video. At one point I'll share that video. I was just like, Oh, I cannot believe that I said that. I love it. I definitely love to see that. And I, I wish that I had taken videos. Oh my God. I can only imagine looking back because it's not just the unrealistic expectation, but it's also for me. And I'm sure that you did the same, the beating myself up. Like, I would ultimately put myself in such a bad place because I would start by telling myself I'm not going to experience panic and then I'd experience it and then I'd immediately move to you suck. See, you're not capable. You can't do this. And you might have done it two weeks ago and that was just luck. You got lucky and you're back at it again and this is your life. And I'd immediately go down that rabbit hole of this is what the rest of your life is. Like you are just an anxious person. This is you just have to accept it and you have to figure out how you can maneuver around it. And beating myself up was definitely something that I think contributed to me going back to those unhealthy habits, trying to find comfort in those unhealthy habits, trying to make myself feel like, okay, in some world it is possible for me. Um, did you ever have that experience of beating yourself up? Um, I can't really say that that was too much of my, I would get frustrated, but I mm. was never directed at me. I would get impatient. I would get frustrated, all of those things. Um, again, the expectations matter so much, even the most well-versed of us. And I knew what the, I knew the mechanics of this, not as well as I do now, but I knew enough. Even mm-hmm. I get, fell into the trap of like, oh, I'm going to do this without without anxiety. And so I think the beating, there's two things happen. Like you think that it's your fault. See, you suck. Like you said, oh, that's it. I suck. Mm-hmm. Like I can't do this. Or this, see, this doesn't work for me. I hear people mm-hmm. say, oh, this doesn't work. Like exposure doesn't work for me. Well, what do you think exposure is supposed to be? Well, I'm doing the things, but I'm still anxious. Yes, you're supposed <laughs> to be anxious when you do the things. And it's like, oh, don't tell me that. So, so much of it is that too, that expectation or understanding what the mechanics are matter. And if you don't understand it and you go with the wrong expectations, then you're going to, you're going to draw false conclusions. Like I can't, I suck, or this doesn't work. So that's, that's not fair. It's not fair to yourself. You know, you didn't suck as it turns out, you don't suck. I can, or you are not (laughs) sucking. Right. (laughs) It sucks when you're in it, but it doesn't mean that you suck. Right. There you go. Very good. It's good. Separate that, right? The process really sucks. You don't. 
Right. And I think that's like you're saying when you experience the frustration, I think so many times we don't allow ourselves to feel that either. Like we don't allow ourselves to feel the anger and to feel the frustration. And it's okay because it is frustrating as heck and it is it's, it's really anger filled sometimes. And I also felt a lot of sadness and I would do things and constantly arrive at that destination of I'm not there. I can't get there. This isn't working. And, you know, there's something wrong with me. And over and over again, hearing those things, you know, you start to believe those things. Your brain has no choice but to believe them. Um, so I want to talk about another big thing that I heard you hit on it, which is avoidance. And so, I know this is a huge issue for me. I know it's an issue for many, many people. Um, And I think avoidance is definitely one that can lead to setbacks. Um, What is your take? How do you think avoidance plays into um, setbacks? Um, Well, this is really one of those dry mechanical things. So I think when we fall back into the avoidant habits, and avoidance to me is either literally, like you refuse to do the things and you retreat. Or avoidance is also, I'm doing the things, but I'm resisting every minute that I'm doing it and I'm not accepting that I'm going to, that's also avoidance. Like I'm trying to, to stomp on it and tamp it down and stop it from happening. I'll go out and do my drive or I'll do my 10 minutes home alone. And I'm going to try and keep a lid on all of these things because I can't allow them to happen. That's avoidance also. And I mm-hmm. think when we do that, we, our, our brains are so wonderful and they suck at the same time. And mm-hmm. I think that message that goes back down the chain that says, yeah, we need to avoid this. We shouldn't, this is dangerous. Like we're trying to, we're trying to reverse that. We're trying to break that lesson. So when we revert to the avoidant things, because for whatever reason, we're a little less resilient. We go for the comfort. We think it's comfort. And then it just starts to scream at us. Yes, this is not supposed to happen. See, it's not supposed to happen. So the avoidance is really just reinforcing the incorrect belief that you must never feel those things. And, yeah. and when you do, it feels like, see, there you go, setback, feeling it, all bets are off. It's, yeah. It's a tough cycle. It is. And it's such an easy thing to convince yourself of. And I know, like for me personally, avoidance was a huge one. I, it was that comfort. Like I felt um, a sort of an instant relief, like when I either avoided or I ran mm-hmm. um, and got myself out of the situations. But it felt like, you know, kind of a reward, but it was at the expense of my long-term healing. And I would convince myself, you know, I knew, I knew that avoiding the thing was not the best decision, but it felt more safe than facing it. But the reality is, you know, once I started to push myself to face those things and to stop avoiding, it actually heightened those feelings. And I think that's where, you know, a lot of people run into trouble. I can just give the example. I struggled with driving anxiety like intensely. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I would get in the car and I would start driving and I would (laughs) encounter an anxious feeling or, or panic attack and I would immediately run. I would say, okay, nope, not doing this. I'm turning around. I'm pulling over. I'm going home. And it felt like, okay, I've got the relief I feel like I'm safe, but what I was doing was actually reinforcing the idea that 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 driving, that being in the car was not safe, that it was dangerous. And so over and over again, I taught my brain like, okay, you're seeking this short-term comfort, but it's at the long-term expense of your healing. You're teaching your brain over and over again. You're running for a reason. You're running because this is dangerous. You're running because you're not safe. Yeah. And the same thing with avoiding, I, you know, completely at all costs avoid driving because, you know, it's obviously easier than facing it. But 
the hard stuff, you know, facing the hard stuff, and I know we both talk about this a lot, is exactly what's going to get you on the other side of fear. And it's so, so hard because the feelings are so real and nobody can, you know, take that away. Yeah. Your symptoms are so real. Your feelings are so real. It's it's very scary. Um but those feelings don't equal the danger. And that's the really hard part to convince your brain of, right? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think it even makes it worse too. What leads to that setback declaration is if you're just living your life, I'm, I'm going to say before you decide to go down this road that you and I are talking about all this time. And, and, and look, people live lives a long way this way. They live avoidant lives. They avoid their triggers. They, they retreat. And this is just the way they think they handle it. When you do it that way and you run or you decide, nope, I'm not going to lunch today because I'm too anxious, and you get that instantaneous feeling of relief as soon as you make that decision. We all know what that feels like. I know what it feels like. Mm -hmm. If that's just the way you live your life and you think that's how you manage your anxiety, then okay, no harm, no foul. Look, I got relief. I didn't do the thing. I'm good. Till the next one. But when you are actively engaged in the process of trying to move beyond that and do these hard things and go toward the recovered state, when you fall back into the avoidant thing, not only do you get that feeling of it's in your face, but you can declare setback because you know you shouldn't have. Now, mm -hmm. there's no excuse anymore. It, so the recovery process can be a little bit self-punishing. When we stumble, we know we stumbled. Ignorance is bliss to a certain extent. If you're just going to live an avoidant life and think that's how you manage anxiety, in a way, you have a leg up because you don't know you're doing mm -hmm. it wrong. But when you start to know you're doing it wrong, you're so likely to declare a setback if it feels wrong. Yeah. So not fair. It really, not fair to ourselves, but that's, it's all common. Very, very common. People make these mistakes every day. Yeah. So I know we've talked a lot about feelings. So I'd love for you to, I get this question a lot and I'm sure you do too. One of the hardest parts of recovery that I hear over and over again is allowing yourself to feel, allowing yourself to face and feel the discomfort. Um, what is something that helped you, um, helped you work through the feelings of discomfort to face it um, and to keep going? Um, well, one of the things I think that was a key contributor for me, first of all, I got to the enough is enough point, which mm -hmm. I think is so is important for a lot of people. It was super important for me. I will not go back there. I'm not going back there. So I had a resolve behind all my actions that really propelled me forward because I am not doing this anymore. Like I truly hit a point where it was like, if you're going to kill me, you best come and kill me now. And I know that sounds like cliche and like life coaching, badass nonsense, but it's not. <laughs> I truly in my heart felt like if you're going to kill me, then just kill me because I'm not doing it this way anymore. So that resolve really helped me. Like, nope, mm -hmm. I have to do this. I know this is what I have to do. I hate this, but I know this is what I have to do. So that resolve and that commitment really helped me. The other thing that honestly helped me was experience. After many, many years, and I know this wasn't two months for you either. You lived for a long time the same way. We have very similar stories, you and I. Mm -hmm. The experience that I was able to fall back on again and again and again. This is the 10, I would literally have to remind myself, hey, you know, I'd like knock on my own head. Like, this is the 10,000th time with this. What do you want to do with it on the 10,001st? I would mm -hmm. have to literally challenge myself to say, you know, even though it feels, so let's let reality teach us a lesson. That got me through a lot of bumpy moments and they mm -hmm. were bumpy and I hated it. I was scared, but after the 10,000th time that your heart beats too quickly or you feel dizzy or you're, you know, I had to say like, now it's on me. 
And I know that's, I'm not putting it on anybody, but for me, you asked what my experience was. I yeah. had to really say, now it's on me. If I'm going to be fooled at 10,000 at first time, now it's on me. Um, yeah. And that, as my personality type, that resonates with me. And it was able to kind of get me over those, those hurdles. I stumbled, but for the most part, I was able to move through them. Yeah. And I think, I love how you just mentioned it's your personality type and it's unique to you. And we all, of course, have different things that, you know, trigger us to move in different directions. Um, And I think, you know, for myself, I'm a very emotional person and it got to the point for me where I reached just a breaking point, just a low, low moment where I remember looking at my mom and saying, if this is what my life is going to look like, I can't do it anymore. Like, I don't want to do it anymore. And she looked at me and I'll never forget. And she said, I can't do this for you. You have to want to do this for yourself. And I know that it doesn't feel like a choice, right? And I think that's something that many people struggle with. It doesn't feel like a choice. It feels like something that you've been given right? And that is something that you struggle with day in and day out. It's so real. The things that are happening to you are so real. Um, The feelings, the sensations, all of it. And you feel like it's just been given to you and you just have to figure it out Mm -hmm. and you have to deal with it. And it's not a choice. And I know that I'm probably going to get some, um, you know, feedback on this comment, but truly for me, it was making that choice. It was such a hard choice but I knew I, at this point, when I was really struggling, I to take a step back, it was really hard for me to admit to myself that I was choosing to take the path that I was taking. And I thought that it was the better path because it felt a little less hard. It was, I was so used to the discomfort. I was so used to feeling the anxiety and panic every day and the symptoms And it really took me reaching that breaking point of, I can't, I don't want to feel any of this anymore. And I know that the way of not feeling this anymore is starting to allow myself to feel it. And I didn't want to do that for years. And I will very openly admit I sabotage my recovery so many times. And I I know that there are so many others that do this because you convince yourself that you don't have a choice. And you very much have a choice. It's just a really hard one. It's really hard to say, okay, I'm going to accept this and I'm going to start doing the hard stuff and I'm going to allow myself to feel really, really awful. Because you know, one of the things that I tell people all the time is it's going to feel worse when you start pushing back. It's going to feel like all of the sensations and the symptoms are heightened. Things are going to be harder and that's the point, like you say, and I know you say that so many times. That's yeah. the point. That's the point. You're supposed to be feeling it. So I'm glad you shared that, though, because I know that there are so many. It's so hard when you're in it to know, OK, I at least need something. I don't want to look to an unhealthy habit. I know what those are and I don't want to revert to those. But what are some things that I can do that will help me that are that are healthy. And typically they're not easy. They're things yeah. that make things even harder. Yeah. And you know, for me that a big one was reassurance. Like I had to <laughs> I had to say goodbye to that one and that was so so hard for me, but you know, seeking the reassurance was another thing that I felt like this is giving me some, you know, relief. This is giving me comfort and it was just making my journey that much harder. Hard habit to break, isn't it? You know what I find amazing? <clears throat> um how we both reach the same, I mean, look, and you can look at it as you come to a fork in the road, right? 
So mm-hmm. I, I make a left and I, I get hammered. It's not good. I make a right and I get hammered. Nothing works. But in front of you is a straight road. You just don't want to see that one. And mm-hmm. in the end, like, oh, wait, there's a third choice here. I just think it unthinkable to make that choice until mm-hmm. you have no choice but to say, well, I went left, right. I've done it each one of those a thousand times. They don't work. I'm going to have to try that road in front of me now. Now, you may have reached it more emotionally and like a, a, a breaking point of I just can't do this anymore. I may have reached it more defiantly, but we got to the same place, which I find amazing. Two com- very different people, I'm sure, but look at where yeah. we wound up in the same conclusion, traveling the same path. So yeah. there's a comfort in that. Like we all feel setbacks. We all reach We all tend to work the same way, even though we have our variances. There's a good thing there. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I see similarities all the time. Of course, I'm sure you get this on your platform that people reach out and say, this is me. Like I could have written this post. I could have done this reel. Yeah, get out of my head. Yeah, that's one of my favorite ones. And it's like anxiety is not um, unique. It's not, it, you know, these things that you think that nobody else thinks and the things that you think nobody else struggles with. They're really, really common. And back when I was struggling, and I'm sure you felt the same way. I say back when I was struggling, I, I'm like going to age myself and I'm not old by any means, but we didn't have like Facebook groups. I don't know. Maybe I wasn't just into it. We didn't have that stuff. We didn't, there weren't really podcasts. Like it, they didn't, we didn't have the types of platforms that there are now for this type of support. And so I didn't know anyone that struggled with what I was struggling with. I thought that literally I was the only person, yeah. you know, that had the litany of issues that I did. And to know, you know, that you're not alone. And I know people say that, and I would cringe at that statement when people would say that to me, but it's so true. And that you're not, there's nothing, you know, dysfunctional or broken about you. This is, this is what our brains do. Our brains sometimes just think of, the wackiest, worst outcomes, like the craziest stuff. And it's not your brain and your brain's not broken. Um, And it's just pushing back on those things a little bit, but. And you're going to declare setback now and then when you shouldn't. Right. And hopefully your support system will be able to say, it's not a setback. Come on, get back on the horse. You could do it. Yes. You do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think just seeing, you know, I know when I experience those moments, I would try to flip it and say, okay, this is a test. This is like a small test. And what am I going to do? What decision am I going to make? Am I going to go toward those unhealthy habits that I know aren't going to help me or am I going to go the other way? And so instead of saying I'm experiencing a setback or I'm up against a setback, I would say, okay, it's a test. This is a test of my skills. I have the skills. I faced this so many times and I know that I can work through this. What do you want to do, Shannon? And it's just like you said, what do you want to do? Right. You have to make that decision and you know what the right decision is. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy, yeah. but, but you know what that decision is that's going to be helpful. I want to add to that, that what you described is perfect. So I did a podcast episode a few years ago called, what do we do when we fail? Like, what do you do when you fail? Mm-hmm. And I, exactly what you just said and what I described, but that decision has to happen pretty quick. Like, the worst thing is, well, I failed or I feel like, well, I had a panic attack and now I'm, I'm retreating. It's a setback. It's square one. Mm. In that moment, that's the time to say, okay, hang on a second here. Let me lick my wounds for a few minutes. I'm allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. Now, what will I do? Retreating for a week while you declare setback square one, I'm broken. That's tough. You almost have to decide, I'm going to go back to that right now. I might have to scale it back by 50%, but I'm going to go right back into it 
right now as soon as I possibly can. Yeah. But that's a choice. Now it's on me. What right. do I do with this failure? Yeah. So for those of you that are listening that feel like that setback thing has happened, you can define the setback in that first moment of what we feel as failure. What will I do with it? Mm-hmm. Give yourself a chance to feel it. You have to feel it. The emotions are going to be there. But then what do I want to do in the next hour? Yeah. I'm so glad that you say that because everyone's approach is different, right? We all have a different approach. You know, you very much strike me as the person that's like, all right, I'm going to get right back on it. I'm going to do it right now. And for me, you know, emotionally processing things, it takes me a little bit of time and I'll definitely sit there and I'll feel, and it might be, you know, I'm going to go home. I'm going to go home and today I'm going to lick my wounds. I'm going to feel sorry for myself and that's okay. And and this is what I need. And tomorrow I'm going to get in the car and I'm going to do it again. Right. And I think that's, you know, I'm sure you get a lot of questions too around, you know, what's, is there a such thing as waiting too long? What do I do? Is it okay for me to get back in the car tomorrow? Is it okay for me to try driving further than I did? Is it okay for me to go back to where I just experienced the panic? Yeah. Um, what do you, what would you say to that? My answer is almost a, a, a humorous, everything is okay. Yeah. <laughs> and the answer to all of those things is yes. Um, because we're always learning the lesson that none of this is a disaster and we're capable of moving through it all. So mm-hmm. what I usually tell, you know, is it okay for me to drive again tomorrow? Hell yeah. You could drive again right now. You could, it, mm-hmm. you might not like the way it feels, but you can do it right now, but yeah, yeah. tomorrow for sure. And look, I, I do understand that time frame might be different. My time frame may have been hours, whereas yours might've been a day. Totally fine. But in neither case was the time frame a week or 10 days of, this is a setback. You can't do that. That's a yeah. tough one. And I think setback also leads us down a road to think like, well, now I, I had a bad panic. I had a bad experience, right? Or two or three of them. So now I must retreat and recover and rest. And yes, we all get rest. We all need the downtime. That's 100% true. But do not misinterpret that word setback as now I must go back into my cocoon and recover and heal and rest. I know everybody loves those words. I love them. Yeah. You love them. We all love them. But that you will literally manufacture a setback where none existed if you're not careful. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Yeah. That's where that avoidance comes in, right? Because then you convince yourself like I experienced a setback. I'm not capable. I'm not going to go back and try that thing. And then, you know, you're ultimately full blown in a setback when that wasn't the intention. But you got to make space for the emotions. I'm glad you brought that up. You do. And that's why I try to temper that. Like take the time to feel what you have to feel. Then get yeah. back on the horse. Yeah, we don't we don't we don't get to run over our humanity. That's not we right. Can't do yeah. <laughs> Doesn't typically work very well. Yeah. I don't know. So I also hear a lot from people um, of being afraid to experience a setback. And I know that this is something that often holds people back too in either facing their fears or putting themselves in an uncomfortable situation or doing exposures. They're afraid to experience a setback. What would you say to somebody who's afraid to experience a setback? That's the thing that says early on in recovery, I'm sure you can relate to this. Recovery feels so fragile in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So if you're in the beginning stages and you're just starting to see some progress and you're really kind of really getting your brain around these ideas, it feels so fragile. So I totally understand the fear of a setback because it feels like this can't possibly be sustained at any minute. It's all going to fall apart. I know it. So it's okay to feel that fear, but, but like anything else, just because you think that would be a disaster doesn't make that true, right? Mm-hmm. You're just feeling very vulnerable and fragile and like you're hanging on to us by a thread, I understand, but you're not. And experience will show you that your recovery is not as fragile as you think it is. 
and that reveals itself as you go further down the road. So it's okay to be afraid of the setback. Just try not to act on that fear. Don't let it drag you into a setback. Yeah, I yeah. love that. That was so powerful. Yeah, I love that. So what is a one powerful truth that you can share with everyone that's listening that will help them on their road to recovery? Oh, goodness. I've written so many words over the years. <laughs> one powerful truth. I would, you know what, today what feels like good advice to give people would be, I know it seems unthinkable to go directly at this thing, but I promise that really is the way. Just because it seems unthinkable doesn't mean we're right. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Thanks, Drew. Yeah. I recently came across something um, where it was to the effect of just because you can't imagine that you're capable of something or that recovery is possible doesn't yeah. mean that it's not possible. Correct. And I love that. And I just thought that was so powerful because it is. You, Like you said, you convince yourself your recovery is so fragile or you're so fragile. And even though you hold so much strength and wisdom and power, you often lose sight of that. And it's so important to know that sometimes you're going to blindly be having faith that this recovery thing is possible and that you're going to be capable of facing all the stuff that you're going to be facing. Okay. And it really sometimes takes just walking into it and just giving it a shot and oh. reminding yourself. Yeah. I'm sorry, you have, Chad, I stepped on you. No, no, you're fine. They Just reminding yourself of your strengths and abilities for facing the hard stuff. It's so important. And don't wait until you feel like you can do it. Oof. You'll never do it. Like we learn that we are capable and, we, and that strength that, that we all have reveals itself only through action. So you have to do it while afraid and do it while unsure and do it while not confident at all. Yes, and yes, yes. experience yes. will reveal your strength. Yes, you know, I love that. Definitely. You will so many times not feel ready. You will so many times not feel capable. And if yeah. you just do the thing, that's what's going to help you to get that confidence um, to know that you are capable of doing all the things. Yeah, yeah, sure, exactly. And it's okay to start small. Let's add that. You don't have to go yes. housebound to world cruise in a week. <laughs> that's not doing the thing. But even yeah, the, that, right. Even the little things count. They will right. Add, yeah. Right. Back to unrealistic expectations. Do not have, do not set unrealistic expectations. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Oh, well, thank you so much, Drew. I really enjoyed you coming on the Healthy Push podcast today. I always have so much fun chatting with you. And I'd love for you to let my listeners know where can they find you if they want to connect with you, if there's anything that you're currently working on that you'd love for my community to know and share, um, share it all. Sure. Well, I mean, I know that your major platform is Instagram. So on Instagram, you can find me at the.anxious.truth. But all my stuff is at theanxioustruth.com. My website, all the books and the podcasts and everything is there, all my links. So it's good. What am I working on? I'm just working on getting to the end of the year at the moment. But <laughs> there's, there's another book or two coming next year. So I'm, I'm starting to gear up for that. And what else can I tell you? And I start grad school in March. Yay. So that is awesome. That is so exciting. And what is your grad school for? Will be, I, I'll have a master's in clinical mental health counseling. So on the way to licensure. So in a couple of years, I'll actually be a licensed clinician. So it'll be great. So awesome. So many amazing things. All right. Thank you so much, Drew. I've enjoyed our conversation and I know that I'll have you back on again soon. Thanks for having me anytime. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode of A Healthy Push. If you want more, head on over to ahealthypush.com for the show notes and lots more tips, tools, and inspiration that will support your recovery. And if you're hoping for me to cover a certain topic, be sure to join my Instagram community at A Healthy Push and let me know in the comments what you want to hear next.